What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this is week one of our Spooktober special. It's October. It's the spooky season. It's our favorite time of year. And I am fucking pumped for this month, let me tell you. Me too. Me too. We have a month long of episodes with guests. And we're going to be talking about uh, childhood Halloween movies that uh, that hold a, a, I don't know, a big place in our heart, I guess we could say. Um, this week, kicking it off, we are joined by our friend Jensen from The Fright Crew. What up, what up? What's spooky, you creeps? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's your boy. <clears throat> and Jensen, we let you pick this movie. Yep. What movie are we talking about? Oh, dude, we we're talking about what if I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I forget what I was. <laughs> we're doing Casper, dude, from dude. What year is this actually? 90, 95, 95, 95. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Casper, man. Right in the middle of the 90s. Yeah. What what uh, where, where year were you guys born? I was 92. I was 89. And I was 90. Okay. So, yeah, we're all about a little similar. So, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, kind of mm-hmm. hits those heartstrings. I mean, like, regardless I'm just telling your your guys' fan base, like, we're all going to be hella biased, I'm assuming, into this. So. <laughs> just, yeah. Get, yeah. Get your expectations low. <laughs> we picked this movie for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, before we hop into this, um, what have you guys been up to? What have you been watching? Anything of note that, uh, that you want to put out there into the airwaves? uh brooke dude i mean it's your pot let's i mean (laughs) sure um so i actually started vacation uh today so i'm starting to watch the movies let's relax because there's not much to do right now um i won't say much about it because mark talked about it already but i watched martyr's lane Mm. on shutter and i can agree with mark i highly recommend it i thought it was really good Mm -hmm. um i watched night of the living dead for the first time um I thought it was fantastic. I hated the ending, <laughs> but uh, I thought it was good. Um, I watched Hubie Halloween for the first time as well. Uh, <laughs> terrible movie, but, but like awesome. grownups, it's so fucking funny. Oh my God. <laughs> Just the cameos in it. Like I love Ben mm-hmm. Stiller's cameo. Like it's pretty much everyone from like Adam Sandler's movies, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched Halloween three season of the witch for the first time as well. Mm. Um, I, I liked it um, as like a Michael Myers movie. It's definitely not great within the franchise, but I think a standalone movie, I think it's, it's good. That's like the pretty solid consensus with people in the horror community. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it, a good time. With it doesn't hold, there. doesn't hold any place in the franchise at all, but no no and uh then finally i watched jake gyllenhaal's new movie on netflix called the guilty mm. today oh, that's out yeah it's out oh, okay. um it's it's good um it's different because it's like it's all voices like he's a 911 operator but mm-hmm. it keeps you engaged it's a thrilling movie so i i definitely recommend it hmm. oh yeah what's your uh, like star rating on letterboxd i think i gave it a three and a half okay yeah <clears throat> not bad yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Oh yeah, man. Jensen, you want me to get into it. Sure. All right, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of stick to horror. Um, just looking at my letterboxed, we got like 
So I I threw it back. I went to Don't Look Under the Bed off of Disney Plus. Have you guys ever seen that? Mm, I don't think no. so. <laughs> like I <laughs> I super recommend getting like fucking super stoned and watching it. <laughs> okay. Nothing made sense, dude. Just it was insane. So I I recommend. Uh, I watched Raw. I I did a rewatch of Raw because nice. Of course, with uh, Teton come came out last Friday. I was like. I got to get amped for it because I definitely want to check that out. And I, the first time, like I saw Raw when it came out in 2016 and I wasn't too fond of it. I was mm. super average on it. Cause I was probably just expecting like a horror movie, you know, like super mm-hmm. gory and shit. And then I went in mm-hmm. just expecting that. And it wasn't that, but on this one, on this rewatch, I definitely bumped it up to a three and a half out of five. So nice. Um, <clears throat> I did watch Bingo Hell, which is like a newer one on Amazon Prime. It's part of the Blumhouse like October spooky stuff. Um, yeah, I've been seeing that uh, a lot lately, like around on people's socials and stuff. I don't, nice. um, I don't advise even attempting a <laughs> watch, like because the consensus seems pretty low for everyone, like on my letterbox and shit. And I'm I'm a two and a half, and that was kind of giving it a bit much, so. Um, it's it probably just biased because Gigi Guerrero, the director, kind of rips. Um, mm-hmm. She's pretty dope, but yeah, Bingo Hell was not. I mean, it's like it, you'd think it'd be sick because it's like literally older people like yielding fucking shotguns and shit. So you'd think <laughs> it'd rip, but it just kind of it, it kind of fell flat. Uh, I watched. I gave a rewatch of Sorority Row last Friday, which was super rad. I mean, everybody fucking. I I love that movie. Mm. Even though it kind of sucks, have you guys seen it? <laughs> like the the one from two thousand nine. Oh no! Yeah, I think I, I have seen, seen it. it. It's like a goofy ass slasher, but mm-hmm. it's fun. It's fun. Um, let's see, a couple more that I want to shout out. Mm, I guess I didn't really introduce my podcast, did I? Oh yeah, I forgot to <laughs> forgot to throw that out there. Is that a thing? Um, yeah. I mean, so little plug. Uh, I'm from, I'm one third of the Fright Crew podcast. Um, I'm the one dude that's on there and I give the greatest opinions because I'm a straight white dude. (laughs) (laughs) So who's best, right? No. um, But yeah, I mean, if you want to check out, we do similar shit as these guys do. And we just maybe, yeah, it's actually pretty similar ultimately. Like, Mm -hmm. aren't we all kind of the same shit at the end of the day? But, you know, we cover different films and. Recently, we did Haunt, so this should mm-hmm. definitely, Haunt should be out definitely by the time this episode's out, I'd assume, so that'll be nice. fun. Yeah, and then, um, let's see. <clears throat> All right, one more, one more. Uh, we got The Brood from 1979, dude. That was a fucking cool-ass movie. That's on HBO Max. Um, okay. I love HBO Max's selection. I don't know about you guys. I just, every time I get on there, I'm shocked at how good they have. Like how how much great shit they have, but that's by David Cronenberg. Yeah, it rips. It's mm. it's pretty dope. I've never seen it, so I was like, "Oh, dude, this is cool." Anything Cronenberg is good. Pretty fucked much, up, yeah. fucked up, but good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't have the same HBO Max up here, unfortunately, so oh, we don't no. get. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it sucks because like all the newbies are on there. Like Malignant's on there, I think. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow, that that's a bummer, dude. But. Yeah, because HBO Max, when it comes to their classic shit like that, they just have such good shit, like Eyes Without a Face, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Carnival of Souls, which I told Mark. I was like, bro, you guys are you know, just you. Cause yeah, you're like, you got me a shit for that one. Yeah, <laughs> that movie fucking was awesome. Um, yeah, so all the 
podcast on Elm Street listeners, definitely go check Carnival of Souls out because it's way cooler than Mark made it sound. <laughs> and same with that'll be my last shout out. But the one thing before we hop into everything else and hear what you have watched, dudes, we gotta talk about Brain Dead. Like, oh man, here I'm we the go. one who. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the one who said you gotta watch Brain Dead. <laughs> And you shit on it. <laughs> I mean, life goes on, but I'm real upset. Dude. I'm so mad at you guys. <laughs> it was a fucking fun movie, oh, but it was just so ridiculous, man. That's what's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. all right. My wife hates it. It's all good. <laughs> That's another one of those movies you just got to get stoned and watch. Dude. Yeah. Yes. I've never been stoned watching that. <laughs> I've been sober, so I definitely yeah. need to get on that train. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, take it from me, listeners. Uh, brain dead fucking rules. So. That might that might be another rewatch. Yeah, just do it. Maybe don't do it <laughs> critically. You know, don't do yeah. it for odd. You got to just mm-hmm. sit down, beers Friday night, mm-hmm. hot and sweaty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's it for me, dudes. Cool. Uh, I took on the task of watching all the Saw movies in succession, and I finished. Uh, I watched Jigsaw and Spiral this oh, week. God. Uh oh. Yeah, what'd you th- what'd you think of Spiral? Dude, I loved Spiral. Yeah. It, I liked it too. Yeah. It was way better than I expected it to be. Um, and I definitely think that they'll they'll be making other ones. I haven't seen Spiral yet. I was saying oh no to Jigsaw. Sorry. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, Jigsaw is hot, hot trash. Uh, yeah. It's better than some of the Saw movies, man. <laughs> really? You think so? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I do. Man, Saw 3D is dog shit. Okay. It's been a while, so. Yeah. Uh, I watched a new one on Netflix called The Old Ways. Uh, I hated it. I gave it one and a half stars. Um, oh, wow. The imagery was pretty good and whatnot, but like the stories just didn't make sense. It jumped all over the place. Like I lost track of timelines and shit and characters and whatnot. Yeah. yeah I don't I think, know. Uh, Wit from our podcast gave that a three and a half out of five. Really? Sure yeah okay maybe i gotta give it a rewatch then i haven't watched it so Play i haven't clo- watched it either yeah pay closer attention to it i don't know uh and i watched elvira mistress of the dark nice nice it was on amazon prime and i was like ah, i haven't watched this since i was like a kid i'm gonna check <laughs> it out and uh it holds up it's good it's funny but yeah that's pretty much it i haven't watched much else Sarah and I started watching Survivor on TV because we're suckers for reality TV. <laughs> what is this like the fortieth season? Forty fourth. Oh no! Oh, I actually, I was just Holy joking. Shit. No, yeah, forty four. <laughs> Holy shit! Fucking insane, dude. Oh, I said to Sarah, I was like, "How the fuck is this season forty four? Like, I remember when this came out, and I'm not forty four years old. Like, they're <laughs> pumping out like three seasons in a year. It's nuts. That's wild." That's insane. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Just crazy. But yeah, other than that, not much. Have you guys watched The Circle on Netflix? I don't know if you Yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah, we finished uh the latest season on the weekend. What do you think? I've only watched season one, but I love season one. Yeah. It's I like fun. I like it a lot. Yeah. Shuby's the man. Oh yeah, Shuby. I remember <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard season three is wicked though. Season three is pretty cool. Season four was like, Brooke, you said you watched it. I don't know, man. The characters yeah. were kind of boring. This, well, characters. They are characters. They're personas, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah, I like some of the different things they did in this season. Um, yeah. 
And uh, also, but, speaking of shows, Mark, have you started Squid Game yet? Not yet, man. I got not yet. On that too, I, I finished it uh, today. And Did you? It's, it's fucking amazing. Holy shit. <laughs> it's great. If we weren't doing this movie competition, I'd be all over it in a heartbeat. But it's like, fuck. Yeah. Do I want to take like nine hours of movie watching time to watch a show right now? That's, that's a solid like four or five movies. All right. You guys ready to talk about this movie? Let's do it. Before we hop into it, Brooke and I have a tradition. We talk about what we're drinking. Hey, there you go. <laughs> sweet, sweet. So what are you guys drinking tonight? I'm drinking a Muskoka Tread Lightly Light Lager. Very nice. I've got the uh, Shipyard Brewing Pumpkinhead Ale. Sweet. Pretty solid. Yeah. Nice. I, I got to pick up some more uh, pumpkin beers. Yeah. I, uh, I drank all my beer this weekend. <laughs> We had a party to go to, and then it was football <laughs> Sunday yesterday. So um, I was like, fuck, what am I going to drink? And got the rest of my maker's mark. So I'm just going <laughs> to fucking slosh that back tonight. Nice. Straight from the bottle. You guys are going to be watching that. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Okay. So like we said in the intro this week, we're talking about Casper from 1995. Starting off the synopsis, an afterlife therapist and his daughter meet a friendly young ghost when they move into a crumbling mansion in order to rid the premises of wicked spirits. So that's a pretty solid synopsis. I mean, we also I think so they, they don't make mention of Kerrigan or Dibs, but I mean, you kind of get the gist of the movie with that synopsis. Yeah, yeah that's why Kerrigan hires them, basically. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, this movie was directed by Brad Silberling, who I I've never heard of, but I know like all of his movies and shows that he's done. Yeah. Uh, so he directed Land of the Lost, which is a fucking incredible movie. Dude, wait, whoa, that was my one note. Like, not for the movie, but like yeah. for him, I fucking love that movie. It's so good. I love it. Everybody shits on it, man. Oh man, it's so funny. It. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also directed Ten Items or Less, a series of unfortunate events, uh, City of Angels, and he produced the uh, TV show Charmed, uh, Dynasty, Jane the Virgin, and Rain. So I mean, he's got a pretty good resume under his belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Considering, like, I've never heard his name before at all seriously and i gotta point out like it's kind of weird talking because this is like in the horror like family horror but yeah we're all used to like actual horror Mm -hmm. and so it's weird to like hear his filmography and just put that aside and be like yeah that's acceptable because it's family horror not like not like he fucking directed hostile and then all this stuff you know yeah (laughs) yeah that would be weird 
there's a couple directors out there like that though i can't remember who it was but i was like what the hell like why it was like (laughs) someone directed shrek or something like that but they also directed like a gore horror movie i'm like what the fuck (laughs) yeah like how do you sign up for that right uh the cast list is pretty interesting we have a pretty stellar cast list even like just a lot of them are cameos but yeah it's pretty crazy to see some of the faces on it uh leading off i have bill pullman who played dr harvey uh he's in both independence day movies um space balls lost highway the sinner battle of the sexes the equalizer one and two lake placid i mean he's he's, the list goes on and on and on i think he had like 99 acting credits yeah like i think bill pullman was like a bonafide movie star in Mm -hmm. like the 80s 90s and then i don't know he just kind of went away mm-hmm. sort of yeah i mean i never i didn't look into it as to why but usually there's a reason either you know whether it's the like actor's mental health or mm-hmm. they're problematic or something unfortunately but yeah i never looked into it yeah yeah i don't know it's like it's almost as if like after independence day you didn't really see his face very much mm-hmm. right well on our pod we just covered the grudge versus juan and he's in mm-hmm. the grudge yeah so true. that's uh 2004 mm-hmm. so uh, okay that's what i know is his most recent i guess mm-hmm. uh next up we have christina ricci who played cat dr harvey's daughter uh she's from the lizzie borden chronicles the adams family and adams family values which actually no never mind i'm not going to say anything uh also, Black Snake Moan, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Sleepy Hollow, and probably her best role um, as Selby in Monster. Have you guys seen that movie? Mm-mm. I haven't, but I've heard amazing oh, things. Yeah. Her and Charlize Theron. Oh, oh yeah, I have. My bad. <laughs> was fucking like, yeah, unreal movie. Both both of them were so good in that movie. <laughs> And uh, she's actually in Matrix 4. Oh, right. True. Uh, next up, I have Kathy Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah. Uh, she played Kerrigan. Uh, Raging Bull. Analyze that. The Bounty Hunter. Patty Cakes. Kindergarten Cop. And among many others, she's another one that's like a face that you could probably recognize from quite a few things. <clears throat> and lastly, on the actual cast list, I have Eric Idle, who played Dibs. Uh, he's most famously known for all the Monty Python movies. He has a big role in those movies. Uh, Shrek the Third and the Hercules animated series. And wait, there's an animated series? Hercules? Yeah, there's a series. Yeah, like back in the '90s, like after the Disney movie came out, they what? had the t- they had a TV show. I don't remember hmm. that at all. Well, you're born in 92, so you're just a wee little lad. <laughs> uh, and our honorable mentions. We have Brad Garrett, who played uh, Fatso. Oh, such such an amazing voice for I know. his character. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. Uh, Devin Sawa, who played the alive version of Casper. Oh, that's too, why he no? looks so familiar. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Was he the voice too, right? No, he wasn't the voice. Oh, no shit. Okay, I'm just a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The voice actor who played him, he only had like 
three movie roles, and oh, okay. this was one of them. Sorry, Mr. So Kasper, not even worth a shout out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even bother putting them down. Uh, then we have Dan Aykroyd very quickly at the beginning of the movie, which oh, yeah. fucking had me in stitches, man. Oh, man, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, we have Mel Gibson, who makes an appearance very briefly as well. Um, Harry Shearer plays a radio, a voice on the radio. Mm. Rodney Dangerfield has a very quick cameo. Um, the Crypt Keeper yep. has a quick cameo. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's someone else too. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't write him down. I forgot about and that. And wasn't the dude that plays the father to go cleanse the house in the beginning, wasn't that um, like Chong? Cheech and Chong? Was it? No, it's... Uh, I was trying to figure... A guy named Don Novello. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. But... I thought he looked like Robin Williams a lot. Oh, yeah. I could see that, too. There's a lot of, like, like now that we're adults and, like, we've watched a lot of horror movies, there's a lot of callbacks to older horror movies. Like, that whole scene right there was uh, The Exorcist, like, to a T. Like, dude comes back out, his head's fucking twisted around. He's got puke all day on the front of him. I was like, oh my God, I would like, I would obviously have never gotten that as a kid watching this, but I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the Ghostbusters, of course. Yeah. The Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know if there's anybody else that you guys recognized. I mean, I I love Ben Stein. I just think his Mm. demeanor and his voice is hilarious. Yeah. Bueller. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for these movies, we've added a little extra section to it. Jensen, I'm going to put this on you first. What makes this movie nostalgic for you? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, it's like the scenes. There's so many odd choices, like the the breakfast scene where he's Mm -hmm. making breakfast for Cat and and like... um, one thing that it's in my notes, but I'll just point out now is like, it's crazy to me that as a kid, you know how a lot of shows and kids movies, they'll throw in like meta jokes for adults to kind of laugh at too, that the kids, it goes right over their heads. Yeah. I feel like there's not much of that in Casper. At least there wasn't for me because as a kid, like I understood all the comedy, like Mm -hmm. I understood, um, like the dad, whatever the fuck his name is. I'm so bad with names. Um, James, James. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, like he he was like missing his wife and that was ultimately like why he was kind of in the profession that he was possibly and then mm-hmm. you know and they're like helping him find her and shit like that like that never really flew over my head so yeah i don't know and it's just like so as a kid i was able to get the emotion and the comedy and the fun of it all mm-hmm. and now it's just like every time i watch it like it's just fucking rules man like there's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it it's just it's it's a fun movie even looking at like the uh the critic ratings which i know we'll dive in later but it's just like okay that doesn't make sense but whatever (sighs) yeah i got a bone to pick with rotten tomatoes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah cool cool what about you brooke nice um so i had this movie on vhs and mm-hmm. also had like a huge crush on Christina Ricci, as mm-hmm. I'm sure both of you did as well. Um, like she was just coming off of Adam's family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I watched this movie so much as a kid and uh, I haven't seen it. Oh God. 
probably since I was like nine or 10, to be mm-hmm. honest. So a lot of the scenes I remembered, but a lot of like the cameos or like the little stuff that, you know, we wouldn't know as kids, like they drop a few like bitch lines in this movie, which took me <laughs> by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I watched this movie so much as a kid. Mm-hmm. That's the same with me, man. Like this movie like it wasn't just a Halloween movie for me. Like I watched this year round and I can't even count the amount of times I watched it when I was a kid. Like I was six whenever it came out. So I was at the like prime age for it. Like, I feel like it was a target audience of like six to 10 Mm -hmm. in that range. Um, The comedy hit on some aspects back then. And like watching it now as an adult, I was like, God damn, like they they were ballsy for some of the stuff that they were putting in this. Um, Yeah. But like Jensen, you said too, and I'm going to talk about it in my, in my notes later on, but like this movie has so much heart and you don't really expect it from a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of heavy shit that they talk about. So like watching it now as an adult, cause I'm in the same boat, Brooke, like I probably haven't watched it since I was like 10 or 11, maybe 12 at the max. Um, but watching it now, like it's, it's an interesting enough story that it keeps, keeps you engaged even as an adult. Yeah, because yeah, they even like they humanize fucking Stretch, Fatso, and Stinky. Like they mm-hmm. even, they get you on their page too yeah. as ghosts, even though you don't know at all what they like who they were before they died. Yeah. So yeah, dude. I mean, it's kind of funny though because you guys are almost saying the opposite of what I said. That like the the comedy, I understood it as a kid. Maybe I'm the fucking weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing went over my head when I was a kid. But like with a lot of other stuff, it did. Just not with this. So, mm-hmm. but hey, we you know had different upbringings i guess yeah yeah (laughs) all right let's dive into this movie discussion let's do it um how did you guys find the animation this time around like do you think it still still holds up i think so like for 1995 cgi like i think it's because it's more like cartoony cgi like they didn't try to make it look realistic Mm mm-hmm but I think it held hold, held, held up fairly well. Yeah, that's not to allude to it or go too far ahead, but that's part of my quality um, mm-hmm. rating is is like like Mark said, it fucking holds up. Not only that, but also the point of the fact that they this Casper was the first CGI like full CGI character on screen, mm-hmm. like first film, and I know. Like there's other fantastic films that do crazy things like Who Framed Mr. Rod? Oh my God, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, things like that that are incredible feats of of technology and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, but to to put the money into like a kids film and be like, hey, we want full ass like CG characters, mm-hmm. and not only that, but interacting with objects on screen like mm-hmm. that that fucking blew my mind. Like down the road, um the end with the Lazarus when he flips yeah. the bottle, like he puts it in there, like he's handling it and just like the spatula when he's cooking breakfast, just everything is insane to me. How well done. I mean, like you can definitely see the, the creases and like, you know, some of the corners that they cut, but mm-hmm. I, I genuinely feel broke that they didn't cut any corners, dude. They, mm-hmm. they full sent it on this. So, and it's almost like multi-dimensional CGI too, because yeah. like we see him as like an entity in some part parts. And then in other times, he goes completely invisible and you can just like kind of see the outline of them. So it's really cool how they did those effects. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it felt like it didn't feel like uh Cat or any of the like the real life characters were talking to just nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they, they were given tennis balls to talk Jesus. to. So they fucking killed it. Yeah. Yeah. And even like whenever um Stretch and Fatso and them are like holding like weapons and stuff, like mm-hmm. it just didn't seem out of place. No. Right. Not at all. But I mean, like, good on Christina Ricci because she was like, she was young, like, I don't know, maybe 13 in this movie. And like, for her to be able to act that well looking at a tennis ball, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like that'd be pretty hard for a kid to do without like breaking character or cracking up or anything like that. Right. I wonder if they like, uh, the, if they put the audio into it, like if they pre recorded it and so she could have a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. or maybe like there was someone bouncing back lines to her, like off screen or something. But yeah, yeah I feel like that'd be nearly impossible. But also, that's why I'm doing a podcast and not a <laughs> film maker in general. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that in like Guardians of the Galaxy, like for, uh, Groot or Rocket, like it's, they all record their audio in the studio, obviously. So mm-hmm. it's like out on the, the set. They're not like talking to anyone, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen some behind the scenes with some of that stuff. And there there's usually a stand in that is mm-hmm. of similar stature or size or something. So Groot is usually, I don't know. I could be, I could be off my rocker, dude, <laughs> I <could be> totally <laughs> bullshitty, but I swear to God, I've seen the, the green screen photos. I don't know. <laughs> They have Vin Diesel out there with a bunch of like yeah. nodes all over him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get introduced to uh, Kerrigan and Dibs. Um, you don't really know what Dibs' relationship is with her, really, because all he says is like, "Oh, I'm a, a close personal friend." Mm-hmm. Um, because at first, like, he's not really like her lawyer because he's at like the meeting for the will and stuff. But you don't really know like why he's around her because she's such a bitch to him mm-hmm. bro. oh he was dog in love with her bro oh yeah <laughs> he uh, wanted definitely. that he wanted <laughs> like, that ass <laughs> later on she kisses him and he just like melts <laughs> but she she reminded me a lot of fuck what's her name from uh bride of chucky jennifer oh, like, tilly yeah, jennifer, jennifer tilly yeah like just her voice like it's uh, just like raspy kind of voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's got Better like a, sm- a smoker's be, voice. Right. Better said would be Jennifer Tilly would have fucking ruled this role. She would have fucking. Yeah. It. If she yeah. was in it, that would have been sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's out and everything. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he needs some for the, uh, need some for the father to enjoy. Right. Watching <laughs> with this kid. Well, he yeah. got fatso later on. <laughs> oh that scene cracks me up i do uh, i do have one note before like uh the universal logo i love i'm i'm a fucking i fap over when they bring like the logos of the production into the film and this one like the moon from you or like the earth turns into the moon mm-hmm. i love shit like that dude it amps me up so high and th- yeah i think this one started that fetish of mine dude <laughs> <laughs> fetish <of dice. laughs> <laughs> who needs porn when you got perfect yeah. transitions <laughs> yeah um so we, we learned that kerrigan inherited her father's house which is uh whipstaff manor mm-hmm. um where they ultimately end up so 
was Kerrigan related to like Casper's family or did they just like just get the house, you know, down the line or something? That's interesting. I mean, when did Casper die? I think it was like the 1800s. I think was in like the newspaper at the end. Yeah, because you see, like, the, they're very old newspaper clippings. Yeah. And, like, when Cat redoes his room, like, all those toys are super old toys. True. Well, maybe mm-hmm. we can assume that, like, once they died or, like, whatever, they sold, maybe that dad or whatever sold the house to, like, Kerrigan's family. Or it might have been, like, an estate sale sort of thing, like, mm-hmm. yeah. auction the house off or something. And and to allude to it down the road is, like, this is part of my uh, disappointment in the film is, like, what you know like why do we need this plot line <laughs> it's just i got a lot of questions and red flags but like obviously this is for a podcast like we're gonna get critical but also mm-hmm. biased so it doesn't matter yeah just, yeah I, I never understood why I, we needed this i think they just needed um like a more real life villain other than like the ghosts True. being the villains maybe right we needed a Corilla deville sort of character right yeah yeah well, and, and hear me out. I don't know if I'm like for real. I always say on my podcast, like I'm a fucking idiot. So call me out both you or your <laughs> listeners come over to the right crew on Insta and shoot me a sh- message, man. But I feel the plot line is a little similar to Adam's family, right? Like yeah, a little bit. Am I crazy? Cause like, there's like two people who are kind of inherently evil mm-hmm. running this home and they play the same fucking weird character thing in the Adams family where it's like, what is this dude's relationship to the crazy lady, the mm-hmm. mom, right? And then they uh, insert someone into the house to infiltrate it and figure it all out. Yeah. I can, I can see I can, it. I can see a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a bit of a stretch, but I can see it. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, whenever they first, whenever uh, Kerrigan, first gets to the house and uh they ha- they hire the uh the father to go in and like we already talked about he mm-hmm. just you're like oh have you done this before he's like well you know i've read about it before <laughs> i've watched people do it <laughs> yeah but uh, it's just, good it's good it's piece of cake it's a piece of crumb cake yeah it just comes out <laughs> with his fucking head backwards and oh, puke all over <laughs> him yeah this dude's line delivery is unreal yeah so good yeah and then uh uh, yeah, like Mark said, the, the Ghostbuster comes out, and I just totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like as a kid, like I don't think I've, I don't think I watched Ghostbusters as a kid, not before this one, anyway. So like that yeah. joke definitely went over my head. Like I was like, "Who's this? I have no idea who this is." And then like later on, as you get older, you kind of start watching Ghostbusters and all the other movies, and watching Casper after that is like I don't know. It's a joke that hits for sure. Yeah, it's kind of funny that later on, uh, Dr. Harvey, like, gets him with a vacuum, but then, you know, stands yeah. or whatever, can't do it with his technology. <laughs> I know, that was that was a question I was going to bring up, too. Uh, yeah, and they get all the construction workers, because so she just <clears throat> decides, oh, I'm going to just tear this fucking house down. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what good is that? <laughs> Man, I don't understand how people get pissed off whenever like they get left a house in a well like she was mad she was like oh i want the money what the fuck like look at this house man like this house could sell for a lot of money yeah. like fix it up a little bit and put it up on the market and in like this day and age like jesus christ man <laughs> yeah, the meeting, she just <laughs> fucking throws the will 
into the fire. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Dibs is like, what are you doing? That's the, the, the deed will. to the house. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees a little secret national treasure uh, message oh, in the, mm-hmm. on the paper. And then she's like, Dibs, get that out of there. What are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he did a good job uh, for like the comedic effect. Oh, yeah. Like, whenever they first get there and they meet Casper and he has a lighter up with his cast and catches his hand <laughs> on fire. He like runs around, chicken with his head off. Oh. Yeah, they did. There's a good casting choice getting him in there. Um, I was going to ask, how do, does electricity in the house work like before they get there? Because Casper is somehow watching TV. Mm-hmm. But then like the scene after this, you can see that he can go through like the telephone lines, like into the TV to make it uh, turn on. Maybe he right. can like. Go- we don't need your bullshit in this, okay? This is a Universal Kids film. I know. I know, here, I, know. I know. We don't need your logic. <laughs> Maybe he like can go into the TV and flick it on, and then it doesn't shut off whenever he gets Ooh, out of the TV. Residual like power energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling that, dude. I mean, because he does. One of my notes is uh, Casper taking over the TV gag is super wild. Like when he takes over Kerrigan's motel mm-hmm. TV television, bro, <laughs> yeah. wheels it around. My dude, <laughs> what? Are there, are there computer chips in those wheels? My guy, like, what? It's fucking wild. So he's just running around. Oh, man. I love it. Yeah. He does leave the house quite a bit because I think, I don't know yeah. if he does this, but uh, during the breakfast scene, whatever, he's asking James, like, do you want like the New York Times, uh, Global Gazette, and he's like the Hong Kong Express or something? Yeah, he's like, yeah, okay, and he leaves, comes back with it. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. did he go all the way <laughs> to like the store? Or, like what? <laughs> he rode those power lines all the way to the quickie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I I do have a note, kind of a question too. Um, I've always thought like the house, so like the set design, whatever, is like really weird. It reminds me of like like uh. Like Floop's Castle from fucking Spy Kids or some shit. Like, mm. it doesn't, like, it's not like a creepy house, which I guess it's kind of refreshing and that's part of the charm of the film. Mm-hmm. But compared to, like, I, I bet if they made this, if they remade this, like, which will happen probably 2031, 2032, look forward to Casper, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Christina Ricci returns as Casper herself, himself, herself, whatever. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, I just you know that they turn it into this like weird creepy cobweb filled house which there are cobwebs but mm-hmm. yeah like with the stained glass and all that shit it's just kind of it never like spooked me out and like mm-hmm. all the kids toys and mm-hmm. shit it just has a really weird vibe which also the house was used or the set was used for the backstreet boys like music video back in the oh day, yeah which oh, rules no way. i told my wife that and she was like i know i was like oh fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> get with the times jensen yeah yeah, I actually really liked the the house in this movie. I thought Me it was too. sick looking. Like, it's cool, but it, it just has a weird vibe. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be spooked out by it. Like, it's not a Goosebumps house, you know? It's I feel like, like... Totally out of the, the universe mm-hmm. of like, Goosebumps. Which I think is, in a sense, showing... Because Casper, like, he tries to keep it clean, right? Like, they have guests there, so he's trying to keep it clean. So I think he is still living in that time period of, like, whenever he was, like alive and in that house where they likely had like nannies and butlers and people that were cleaning the house for them. Um, so I think he kind of holds on to those values a little bit, maybe. Cause yeah, like it's not a filthy, dirty house. So, I mean, it was lived in recently, obviously because Kerrigan's father left it to her. Mm-hmm. So I, 
I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I like that they like it's an old house, so it kind of has like a somewhat creepy vibe to it, but it's not a rundown mansion. Right. It's more of like a whimsical vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, if I was cat, I would love to have a dad who talked to ghosts. Oh. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then like my wife used to watch. Uh, fuck, what's her name? She had a TV show. Oh, my God. She was a medium. Long Island medium. Oh, yeah. Oh, that girl. Yeah. yeah. Like Sarah used to watch that shit all the time. I was like, I'd be so fucking annoyed because like she's going into fucking grocery stores and (laughs) walking up to strangers and just be like, do you know that so and so is attached to you right now? It's like, bitch, get the hell out of here. Like, (laughs) I'm trying to get my cheddar cheese and shit. Like, leave (laughs) me alone. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool if if they kept it within like the four walls of your house. Who do you guys feel for the most, uh, Doctor Harvey or Cat? Ooh, that's a that's a tough question, man. I mean, yeah, definitely at my age, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, imagining like losing my wife when we have a teenage daughter mm-hmm. or even young daughter, whatever. Um, and and I think that's even in like drama films or kids films, because when you're a kid, you can relate to like Cat, obviously, but. It's kind of uh, passed over as like the look or like the feelings that losing a lot, like your spouse would be. It's just different than losing a parent. Like I've never mm-hmm. lost a parent. Um, so I can't mm-hmm. speak on that, but I know that, and it sounds so weird to say, but I, I'd rather lose a parent than like my spouse. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy, but I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on that, but yeah. Tell your parents not to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh that's a very interesting question. Um but like what about Casper, man? Mm. Like yeah. that yeah. scene where him and Cat are in the attic and he's explaining like the circumstances of his death, it's like god damn dude, like this is heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like his dad bought him the sled that he'd been like begging for and like he died from pneumonia because he was playing on the sled for so long and like just it got cold it got dark and he didn't want to come in and then his dad ended up going crazy at the loss of his child probably blaming himself because he bought the sled for him it's like Mm -hmm. wow like i was watching that scene i was like jesus man like how is this in a kid's movie yeah that whole scene was just oh like even before that whenever he tells her that he can't remember anything mm-hmm. of like his previous life and his mom and his dad. And then she finds that room and like pretty much brings it back to life, like all of his toys. And that's a sick ass room too. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he just starts remembering everything. And yeah, it's uh it's sad. Yeah. So like, it, it's hard to say who you feel for more, like between all three of them, but yeah, I think I'm with Jensen. Like, if if we're talking about the Harveys, I would I would probably say Doctor Harvey. I feel more bad about. Yeah, because even uh, near the ending, like he gets so bad that he actually does die, mm-hmm. and like he's like super happy about it, mm-hmm. and like doesn't even take into effect his daughter's feelings. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like. Fuck. That's another fucking heavy topic. Like, <laughs> yeah. wow. Like this guy, like this is suicide, man. And like, and mm-hmm. it's, he's glorifying it. 
really yeah like he's showing how happy he is in the afterlife because he doesn't have this problem anymore of the memory of his dead wife yeah, right. like he was, even says say, he even says like i feel so free now yeah well i was gonna say how like you know if you lose your your wife for instance and you have a kid you're left with a kid you you kind of have a burden mm-hmm. on your hands and which is you, terrible you, to say but it's true oh like, yeah it's just the hard truth and like ultimately it's just such an amount of stress for him i can imagine to have to take care of a teenage girl which obviously it alludes to in the film like mm-hmm. he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing shirts mm-hmm. under the bathing suits and all that i can't yeah it's just but yeah man i i just that's that's crazy to me and i and then what's even crazier is that we've all kind of been there uh, i guess i have whatever i guess I'll, I'll say i have i've been there where like you know death would be better than your current life and mm-hmm. even if it means leaving your loved one be- loved ones behind so mm-hmm. it's super it's such an adult topic and yet, yeah but like what is your guys' outlook on on kids' films talking about these kinds of things where it stems that idea in your brain? Not like, I don't think, because I never took it as like suicide is good because it does come back to life. You know, kids' brains are like a lot shorter tempered. They don't understand things as on mm-hmm. the massive scope that adult brains do. So to me, it was like, oh, he like died and, and he's kind of digging it, but then he comes back to life and it's all good. It's all good in the hood from there. Yeah, like I never... <laughs> really looked into the deeper meaning of it like i was just there to join the movie yeah whereas now like you see the deeper meaning of the shit (laughs) yeah i like how like yeah the topic is there but it's so quick like Mm -hmm. like he comes in he's dead he's super happy as a ghost and then like cat turns him around like boom it's only like a maybe a one minute scene where he's dead and he's kind of happy and then it's it's like okay like let's get serious again you just left your daughter alone now with no parents and casper being the hero that he is he gives up his own dream of becoming a real person again in order for cat to have her dad back so i think it's it's not a bad thing that this topic is in the movie but i think it's a really good thing that it was very short-lived yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, like in that commentary, we're not only getting like the value of Casper's like outlook on life, mm-hmm. and, like what he he'll do to like keep others happy, and like he knows why he should bring her uh, her dad back, James mm-hmm. back from the dead. Uh, not only do we get that, but we also get the very adult topic of even if it is a flash in a pan thought, we all kind of have had those thoughts before mm-hmm. in an instance where. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it is 30 seconds of your headspace in a day where you're having an incredibly bad day, you're mm-hmm. still like, I hate it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they touch on that and they solidify Casper as like a great fucking character. So mm-hmm. they killed it. Yeah. Yeah. And in that scene, whenever he dies, like the uh, three ghosts, like they want to kill him because, you know, they're having such a good time with them. And they're like, I'll just make him a fourth in her quartet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I forget what he he's like talking all lovey dovey to them and they like forgive him or <laughs> like, oh, we can't kill this guy. And then he ends up just killing himself by accident. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that scene in the bar when he <laughs> they're like they've got like a shotgun and like that <laughs> or something, dude. And like they had it behind their backs. <laughs> yeah. You could see right through them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um 
there was one line that they said in this movie that I couldn't believe they said, or was it? Oh, it's whenever uh, James is fighting the three ghosts and then he sucks them up with a vacuum and then like they're <laughs> inside the bag. Yeah. And I think one of them says like, who got that pointy head in my, and then he's like, that's not my head. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is very much like Shrek with the sexual innuendos. <laughs> yeah. Like Jensen, you mentioned at the start, like, like there's humor in these four adults for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just it's different lifestyles. I, I mm-hmm. understood it yeah. as a kid. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> So were the three ghosts, are they related to Casper? That's, yeah, I think they're his uncles, right? That's what I always thought, but I wasn't exactly sure. He calls them his uncles, but like, I don't know if it's like. Oh, like in a, like, they're like, my homies. Like, they're yeah, like around. These... They won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fucking house. They came in here. Now they just won't go. <laughs> like, I don't know if they're like his actual uncles, because they seem nothing like his father would have been. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if they're just his, like kind his of his dad caretakers. did have a nice ass fucking house, dude. Yeah. So you know he could have been a fucking asshole. That's <laughs> Maybe true. he killed Casper. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Lock. I like how they door. all have their own beds too. Yeah. Yeah. Like fat, fat, so stretched and stinky. I love whenever Cat first finds those beds. She's like, "Oh, their parents were awful people, or something like that." And she's like, "I wonder where Sleepy and Dopey sleep." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like the uh, the classroom scene with Cat uh, and like where you like they kind of meet the the bully. Well, mm-hmm. all the kids are really assholes to her, but uh, I like how the teacher like calls her by her last name first, and everyone's like, "Oh, this girl's name's Harvey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harvey Cat. Um, they're all kind of assholes to her until they find out where she lives. Oh, Whipstaff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're and. Uh, then they all want to have their Halloween party there. Which Dude, I, my note, my note for that was they straight up invite a whole ass party to her house. Like what? I said the same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, excuse me. Do I have any fucking say? <laughs> um, I don't own this house. Like my dad lives there too. <laughs> and then yeah. the teacher is like, all right, we're having the party there. <laughs> yeah. Teacher tags along, dude. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and when they're making fun of her, when they meow, uh, dude, he fucking laughs. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah that's true uh i i I didn't write down the bully like girl's name but it's like Uh, how big is your fucking house or your uh boathouse yeah (laughs) he's like oh we can have the party there (laughs) (laughs) like that whole like entrance to cat's house was filled with kids and like that house is fucking huge yeah yeah um so another scene i guess uh Jensen, you mentioned the breakfast scene. Do you want to touch on that one a bit more? Anything from that one you wanted to talk about? Dude, honestly, like breakfast, period. Yeah. (laughs) How about that uh, egg maker? Dude, for real. Uh, I don't know, man. I I feel like when it came to my life, I've always been fat. So just shout out to the people who can't see me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've always loved food. And honestly, dude, like scenes where they almost like personified food and made it Mm -hmm. a little different. Like I referenced spy kids earlier. 
Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen Spy Kids? No, oh, yeah, long time okay. ago. Yeah, yeah. When they microwave and like little pellets, and it turned into like a McDonald's meal, <laughs> bro. That was like I dreamed of that. You know what I mean? So this shit, I was like, bro, if I could wake up every morning and a ghost was haunting my house, but he made me breakfast, I'll let him hang, dude. But yeah. come on, man. Yeah, I mean, it just rips, and it looks good. Like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, it still holds up. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I crazy? Like, Brooke, did you see any uh, like flaws? Like, maybe a couple times, but not really. Look, to be uh, honest, like, like glaring flaws. Like, we can go back to like a 2019 film with some CGI and be like, "Bro, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that?" Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But yeah, was- even even the part whenever the three uncles they come up and you know they open the blind and the sun goes in their in their yeah. face and they're all like melting into it. Like yeah. that looked great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This scene is probably my favorite scene of the movie. This whole breakfast scene. I just, I always found it so funny and like creative, like we've just said, but like, I don't know. It just, it it's the first major introduction to the, to the uncles. And you just see like, how much of just pigs they are not only in their eating but just the way that they're acting right like they're assholes but right. it it's hilarious at the same time and like that whole scene where they're just like fucking shoveling the food into their mouth and it's just <laughs> yeah, dropping yeah. to the floor it's like, right, right. and casper's trying to clean it up and he's like hey, <laughs> a stretch is like what the hell do you think you're doing this floor used to be dirty enough to eat off of <laughs> And uh, technically, Mark, we're talking about two different scenes. That is a little later on. At least I'm pretty sure. Because the breakfast scene I'm talking about is where he it's literally just him and Kat in the kitchen. But I oh, think that's, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's like Sorry, one day yeah. later. But, yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, because, yeah. dude, when he straight up, I don't know if you guys know this, but like um, scrambling an egg in the pan. So if you do it before and add milk and your seasonings and stuff, yeah. that's a regular scrambled egg. But if you do it in mm-hmm. the pan, that's called French style. Okay. I'm like, dude, this dude's no like French style shit. He's going down <laughs> like Casper, a chef, dog. <laughs> but yeah, two different scenes, technically. Okay, yeah. But I do love both. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and also the end of that scene, are we maybe to like assume that the three of them like throw their shit at James, right? It looks like yes. that's that's what yeah. it looked like. Yeah. It's shit, bro. It's melted <laughs> Hershey's Kit Kat and fucking crunch bar. You know what I mean? Like and they chucked it out of his face. That's very true. <laughs> I do like that scene with just Casper and Cat, though, because, like, this is, like, they've already had some interaction with each other, but this is, like, the deep one where they, like, like, you can kind of feel them becoming friends. Like, they're having, yeah. like, a pretty solid conversation. She's, like, asking him questions, and he's asking her questions. And, like, they talk about how he's cold and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it is a good, like, kind of heartwarming scene with just the two of them. Um, so yeah, after the whole scene, whenever, uh, Casper like remembers everything about his family and stuff like that, he remembers the, in a invention, his dad made the resurrection machine, which is called the Lazarus. And, uh, this, uh, secret room is sick as hell. Like the way that they get down there, like Mm -hmm. I would go on that ride. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Dude. Yeah. This is part of that nostalgia factor. Like this is what we live for this breakfast scene. The pooping on James scene, the fucking <laughs> little ride through this library to the Lazarus with the the smoke billowing and the fucking test tubes and shit. I mean, come on. It's so cool. The only thing I don't get is like 
why is it all like him getting ready for the day? Like, because you're sitting on this chair and you're on this track and like they br- it, the thing brushes your teeth and then it fucking shoots shaving cream at you. And then it has the straight razors fucking going up and down. I think it was like his workspace, you know, like he so, was kind of a mad scientist because once his son died, mm-hmm. because we're to assume that Casper was able to like visit his father in the yeah. afterlife, right? So his dad went kind of wild and turned into the mad scientist like they always do mm-hmm. and started working up a shop in the basement, dude. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. dude. And and just like, why not get ready for the day? So it's just saving like... <laughs> Yeah, it's just saving time so he yeah. can uh, get straight to. But I mean, like, you'd think the time that he dedicated building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, dude, like, bro, you, you lost a lot of ground. <laughs> Let me tell you. Dude. It reminds me of an uh, invention that the dad from Gremlins would make. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're down there. I think it's the night before the party. And uh, they're trying to, like, resurrect Casper. Um, But I think they don't have the little, like, potion thing because I think Kerrigan ends up stealing it. But uh, he turns into, like, this fried egg, which was Mm. pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, And, like, this whole scene... Yeah, like, this whole (laughs) scene with Kerrigan trying to kill Dibs was so funny. She's like, (laughs) hey, come back here. It won't hurt that much. (laughs) (laughs) It's just for a minute. And then she just fucking falls off the cliff. It's like, oh man, I love that. Damn, <laughs> comes back as this giant fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, she's like the bitches, or no? He says the bitch is back or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one question I have is like, why do Casper and the three uncles look the way that they do? But like, whenever Doctor Harvey dies and whenever uh, Kerrigan dies, they look like themselves, just in like ghost form. Do you think they kind of lose that that form the longer they've been dead? Or no, Mark, we're to assume that Fatso is a fat blob of a person. <laughs> uh, Dinky is a bucktooth fucking weirdo, <laughs> and <laughs> Stretch is literally tallest, lankiest, skinniest motherfucker you've ever seen. Um, I just assume that like they died like way back in like the eighteen hundreds, so mm-hmm. they probably don't have like as much of like the real realness to them maybe mm-hmm. maybe you lose personality over time i mean think casper yeah. literally forgets himself yeah that's like fair completely she has to totally revamp him so mm-hmm. maybe you just yeah. like and then you you go full nude you know buck wild that's a good point actually like with him forgetting himself like so you just like lose your image of yourself yeah. the longer you've been sense. dead yeah yeah that does make sense but i mean even uh james forgets cat true yeah, that's she true. does for like the second. yeah for a second yeah. Whenever she does the thing, he he pulls her finger and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so that just brings up another question: Is like he forgets Cat, but Hawkeye Kerrigan doesn't forget Dibs. Yeah, I don't know. Mark, I told Brooke in the beginning, get the fuck out of here with your logic, man. Okay, we're not asking for it. We don't need it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I got nothing. One of those questions. Yeah. Maybe because she was so heated, man. She was just, I'm making a bullshit excuse right now. But yeah, maybe she was just so fucking heated that she ended up dying. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I do like the scene whenever Kerrigan finally like goes into the afterlife. 
Mm-hmm. Or they kind of like trick her, like, oh, you have unfinished business. And she's like, no, what are you talking about? I have my treasure. I'm, you know, going to become myself again. And then mm-hmm. she goes into the afterlife. Yeah. The declaration, dude. Yeah, she declares that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sends you right down. <laughs> She's she's going to hell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think that the very ending was needed with uh Kat's mom coming back? Yes. I agree. I, I think agree. it it gave James closure. Definitely yeah. gave him some closure and it 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 gave Casper like his kind of 10 minutes of of what he really wanted. Mhm. True. Because she's yeah, an yeah. angel, right? So she was able to grant him that that small amount of time. Yeah. Oh, yes, fucking Kerrigan flies in. She's got a fucking trident. Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I totally agree, man. I think uh, without it, our little child hearts would have been absolutely broken at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because you you still, even as a kid, your your weak mind can still imagine like James's pain. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing mm-hmm. that like he doesn't get that come up not come up and so the the flip of that like you know mm-hmm. the, he doesn't get his resolution to it will just be heart-wrenching yeah. especially when it's like cool casper like we get to see him as devin sawa dope <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so i thought it was funny that uh whatever they were dancing together they're like levitating and all the kids were just watching like it was nothing and then when he turns <laughs> to a ghost they all freak the fuck out yeah <laughs> It's like, oh, they're so in love that they're floating. Yeah. That's not weird at all. No big deal. <laughs> this is my party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did did James end up uh sending the three uncles to the afterlife? Do you think? I, well, I mean, little spoiler, there's a couple of sequels, so I don't think so. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah true, there eh? is, yeah. But I, I mean, you know, it. in the zeitgeist of this film no i think it was like his ultimate goal was not to be a fucking ghost therapist it was to to find closure with his wife mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. oh for sure if you ask me yeah mm-hmm. so nah they're they're just stinking and farting up you know storm you know throwing shit on the next person actually i meant to bring this up before do you think james has actually ever seen a ghost before oh, this house yeah. That's a note that I haven't clicked off yet. Yeah. So I said, cause like he freaks the fuck out, dude. And yeah. And she's just like, dad, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> no dude, that's dude. Are, that's, that's solidifying my theory that this dude, the only fucking reason he's got this job title and everything is because he's, he's just grieving his wife. He's just mm-hmm. looking to connect with her again. So mm-hmm. when he sees these motherfuckers sitting in the closet and shit, Casper, dude, yeah. killing like a fucking bookshelf, like, yeah, no, he's <laughs> naturally going to freak the fuck out like Cat kind of did. So, yeah. yeah. I think that solidifies our theory that, nah, this this dude was a fucking sham, kind of like mm-hmm. a lot of psychics, no offense. You can <laughs> yeah. cut that. Sorry, I don't know. I'm not cutting it, that's staying. Okay, yeah, dude, I think, I think it's both. I think they put upon the weak and the grieving, just my opinion, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the old lady from the little like infomercial is just his mother or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my theory. Cool. Well, yeah. anything else you guys wanted to talk about before I wrap this up? Uh, I got like three notes. Okay. All right. 
Um, the mirror cameo scene is just absolutely wild. I mean, oh, how many yeah. cameos do we get? We got four or five. In Mel that Gibson. one scene, four, I think. We had Mel Gibson, Clint, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood fucking the Roddy Dangerfield, the yeah, and, and then uh, the Crypt Keeper. I mean, yeah, the Crypt Keeper, dude. So, I, personally, you got to assume Universal loves to spend their money on people. <laughs> That's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah. I feel like Universal Films spend money like that yes they have giant budgets like i didn't look at the budget of this but i can imagine it was like 100 million or some crazy mm-hmm. shit and but i feel like they like to spend their money on cameos people mm-hmm. in general because not only is it the cameos that are powerful but the actual cast and then writers and directors they know mm-hmm. what they're looking for and they find those person and give them a stack of fat fucking cash yeah. and it turns out great so you know not that every universal film obviously is great but they do some good shit. Um, so the budget was fifty-five million. Okay, about half what I said. Yeah, and the box office was two hundred eighty-seven point nine. Shit, God damn, that's a, that's lot, a lot of money from nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, that's a lot of lettuce, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's wild, man. Uh, two wow. more notes on top of the lighthouse. Uh, that dude, like that, just goes into my quality, like the writing. Like, can we, I I can't even spit words out, bro, because not only is like the scene perfect because he's Mm -hmm. admitting things and and she's realizing it, but also we've got a fucking green screen behind her that I couldn't find like a tear or anything in it. I, it looked fucking solid. Mm -hmm. The lighting on her was great. And we have a full CGI character. What? Yeah. This is 95, my dude. It's like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And that's the scene after I think Vic asks her out and then Casper is kind of like feeling down and yeah. he just takes her to like goes in like the superhero uh, mm-hmm. kind of form and takes her to the lighthouse and he's like, yeah, I come here every day by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah, man. Cause he's, he's got the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. And my last note is uh, the bullies get taken out taken care of swiftly and hilariously dude they're just like they were an afterthought they were like all right check them out dude basically because they just get scared and they run out Mm -hmm. and she chokes (laughs) yeah that was hilarious not only think she's choking on that night (laughs) yeah (laughs) fucking 12 years old dude (laughs) we don't know that she looked 15 (laughs) did you guys notice the cigar smoking nun at the party yes yes i did notice that (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I'd like to know what that costume was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, because these are like junior high kids, so they're like yeah. you know. That was a legit 12. fucking Cuban cigar too. Yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing fake about that cigar. All right. Well, is that it? Yes, I'm good. I think so. That's it. All right. Well, that's the way the goop splatters. <laughs> the poop, man. The, the, the poop. poop, yeah. <laughs> the poop. That's a good one. All right. It's time to uh, rate this movie. Jensen, as our guest, we're going to have you go first. Sweet. So story and quality, right? Correct. Yeah. At a 10 for both. All right, dudes. I mean, so for story, I give it a 7 out of 10, man. 
uh, a decent depiction of a mutually beneficial relationship between a ghost who doesn't know who he is anymore and a teenage girl who's going through the grieving process. Maybe a few too many subplots and characters. There's also some pretty bombastic reasons for things, like the reason they even go to Whipstaff in the first place is because the dad is a ghost therapist and is called in by inheritors attempting to sell the place or whatever they're going to do with it and uh, cleanse it of its spirits. But overall, the set and main character and plots are too much fun to give it any lower than a 7 out of 10. Very good. And then nice. quality, right? Just go right into it, boys. Yep. Um, quality is definitely a 9 out of 10. Um, nice. Kind of. So for the time, of course, mm-hmm. today would still be like a seven out of 10. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, cause there's still that weird, like 90s sheen on like the set and everything. It looks like everything has like KY jelly on the lenses and stuff kind of, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I put for the time in 95, this being the first CGI character on screen, especially when Casper's interacting with full objects, it just looks good still somehow. I've seen modern films where the CGI has no heart put into it that end up far worse than this the scores uh yeah the the score is fantastic which we didn't mention i mean it like in the scene where he's talking about his kind of like death story with the Mm -hmm. pneumonia and everything there's like a really good ballad in the back that sticks with you like i i can hear it in my head right now i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna fucking sing it people okay (laughs) listeners (laughs) but so yeah the score is great acting is great too for the most part um and ultimately it has that like 90s charm with the set feeling a bit plasticky and things being a little too polished and colorful, but to me it's charming, so it deserves a 9 out of 10 for its time. I mean, yeah, we'll just leave it at 9 out of 10 because, like I said, today if it were made, 7 out of 10 mm-hmm. probably. But, yeah. yeah, dude. So, solid. Very good. Nice. Great. Who wants to go first between us? <laughs> Nervous, man. Uh-huh. I'm shaking. Flip a coin. I'll go, I guess. All right. All right, so I gave my my childhood. (laughs) No, (laughs) I know your fucking scores, buddy. (laughs) It's my childhood too. Okay, (laughs) Uh, so I gave the story eight out of ten. I said at the core, this is a depressing ass movie. James trying to hang on to the little lost bit of his late wife explores Cat's difficult life with always moving and her crazy dad. Casper's backstory is very tragic as well. Uh, the script is great, hilarious lines, and I loved the cameos. Uh, for quality, I gave a 7 out of 10. Uh, I said this movie still holds up quite well, actually. Acting is very good for what it is. I thought Kathy Moriarty does a great job playing the villain, and Richie does a great job with a follow-up to Adam's family. Very true. And, uh, I mean, we talked about the the effects and all that already, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 8 out of 10 and 7 out of 10. Cool. Uh, My story, I gave it an 8 out of 10 as well. I said it it is a children's movie, but it honestly has some pretty heavy topics with the death of Kat's mother and Dr. Harvey still very much mourning her. Casper's death due to the pneumonia, which he developed after playing outside too long on a sled that his father had given him. And then his father's subsequent death after Casper's. And like Casper's sort of like grieving process throughout it all too, once he starts figuring it all out. Um, watching it as a child, you don't really realize all the deep meanings throughout the movie, but watching it now, like it weighed pretty fucking heavy on me. Like after I finished it, I was like, shit, dude, like this is a lot heavier than it has any right to be. <laughs> like, um, but there's also a really, really good mix of comedy throughout the movie that kind of balances everything out um like the three uncles are amazing dibs and kerrigan are so good um and like it's not a perfect movie by any means but it's a lot smarter than i would have expected from a kid's movie 
especially considering like this is based off of like a cartoon and like a comic strip in the newspaper and shit like that. Like they really gave it some backstory and my quality. I also gave it an eight out of 10. Uh, I said the acting was great in this by pretty much everybody. We had a great cast list and an even better cameo list that had me cracking up more often than not. Uh, we've talked about the CGI, but I made mention of that as well. Uh, I found that the house was a perfect setting. Jensen, you and I talked about that. Uh, like yeah i mean it's a perfect setting for like a comedic haunting like it's not super spooky or anything like that but it's a good good uh good style of housing i think yeah it's super goofy Mm -hmm. the script and score were also incredible Mm -hmm. and i made mention of the uncles and kerrigan and dibs again but just beating a dead horse at that point (laughs) but yeah it's all me man i'm talking too much sorry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, eight, eight out of ten for both scores for me nice <clears throat> so we all liked it a lot of course man. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i'd be curious really curious to see like what a a boomer no zoomer whatever the fuck the kids are on tiktok right now whatever they are called i think it's zoomer zoomer yeah, yeah. zoomer uh yeah <laughs> i'd love to see what a zoomer thinks of casper like genuinely like mm. if you if y'all listeners if you got a zoomer nephew or something Hit him up, say, hey, this random dude wants you to watch Casper from 1995. <laughs> How does it hold up? Because yeah. I'm super curious. Dude, I was at a college football game. My wife's cousin plays uh, university football. So we were at a game this weekend. And I was looking around, and there was, like, all these college students. And I was like, okay, these kids are, like, 18 to 21. I'm like, these motherfuckers were all born after the year 2000. Ew. <laughs> like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Fucking weirdos. I was just man. sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God god like i'm an 80s kid hanging out with like fucking 2000 <laughs> weird man it you is very weird weed in the fucking sandlot dude you were hanging out <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right you guys know our scores let's head on to rotten tomatoes and see what those fucking assholes scored it i'm gonna this guess cr- it's high oh man this critics consensus like <laughs> Oh, dude, am I going to cry? I opened up Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, All right. No. The critics consensus, a meandering, mindless family movie that frequently resorts to special effects and transparent sappiness. Wow. Okay. So what's their name? Like, <laughs> are we going to dox the fuck out of this person? What the fuck? Like, how is this a mindless movie? Oh, that's so <sighs> This we just is... had like an hour discussion and it wasn't even like about the kitty stuff. It was about the backstory. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> they did not watch the same movie, dude. No. Maybe <laughs> they, they watched Casper real... meets Wendy or some shit. <laughs> like one of the sequels. <laughs> Which also to this. rips. But Does yeah, it? I've never watched it. I don't know. Oh, I think it's, I think from what I remember, it's so bad. It's good kind of vibe. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't Jensen. Do you already know the score for this? Um, Rotten Tomatoes, no, but I did see like IMDb meta score. So, was this Brooke? Let's hear your classic. You know, what do you got? You're Ugh. good at guessing, my dude. Brooke, let's let's fucking hype you up, man. I mean, based on that consensus, like uh, Jesus, thirty-seven percent. Okay, they're a little higher than that. Okay, they gave it a solid fifty. Oh wow! Okay. Um, on 40 yeah. on 40 reviews and like an actual five out of 10 average rating which is i mean nice. that consensus they ripped the fuck out of this movie. right mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah i don't know the score 
it was a lot higher than I expected after reading that consensus, but I mean, still it, it deserves higher than a 50, first of all. And that critics consensus, like whoever wrote that can yeah. great off. Yeah, dude. I think Metascore on IMDb is uh 42, 47. So mm. Closer on there. Actually. They're really, they're a tough score though. Yeah. I know Josh from horror movie crew. He fucking hates the rotten tomatoes. I don't even use yeah. it, man. We shout it out in our episodes and I'm like, why? Like, why are we doing this? It's yeah. That's why I started doing the letterbox. Yeah. Like... yeah. Letterbox ribs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. actually to 49. So it's basically the same thing, but still mm-hmm. critics suck balls. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the audience scored it a 49% on 250,000 reviews and a 3.3 out of five average score. Um, I'm going to my letterbox right now. Just give me a sec, Brooke. Yeah, I was I gonna say, Brooke, you got to do the new letterbox thing, dude. I know you're headed there right now. Oh, I'm already here, bro. <laughs> Catch uh, up. Fuck. I'm changing my score after that discussion. Oh, yeah, I see you. Get... Okay, yeah, dude. Mark and, you... Mark and I are the same, Brooke. You're a little higher, which deserves it. Like, I get it. I get it. I just changed it, though. <laughs> Four. well tell the listeners mark all right jensen you changing yours too yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was a good discussion man like i feel like it was yeah all right so my boy casper that bad no no i originally had a 3.5 jensen you also had it a 3.5 brooke had it at a four we are now all three of us giving it a four out of five star and uh the only other person on my list that's watched it is uh, that girl. She goes by Weird Cinema on here, and she her goal is to watch ten thousand movies before she hits forty. Oh yeah, and oh, wow. uh, she gave it a three stars. I mean, she's wrong. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. she's yeah. gonna come for me. Yeah, I mean, if uh, Brooke, you got any people else? That's no, crazy. just one person uh, screaming cinema, but they didn't rate it. They just watched it. So, oh, dude, like high key. I know screaming cinema, bro. Oh, why do you? people do that? Like, why do you? I don't know. Are you that indifferent? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Dedicate <laughs> yourself. No, I, yeah, I got a few people too. I'm not going to really shout names out, but yeah, I got like a couple fours, three and a half, a couple more fours, and then like a three and a half. So nobody's lower than a three and a half on my That's friends. good. That makes me happy. I do like letterboxes that shows you like how many people rated it that score. Mm-hmm. Right. So like a four, 6.4 K. So, yeah. you know, there's that many smart people. Yeah. We're <laughs> in the minority, bro. <laughs> we are. So, like for anybody who's listening, we've had a discussion with Chuck and uh, his brother, Robert, whenever we were on an episode with them uh, talking about the Sandlot about Letterboxd. And like, if any of our listeners aren't on Letterboxd, like it is such a cool fucking app to just like, like Brooke, you said, like you go to that now rather than like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb or Metascore or anything like that, because this is actual users that are rating these movies. So it's people like you and I, it's not anybody that's getting paid to do it or like anything like that. They're just like, legit people they're not spawns of satan like most credits are yeah they play they, they <laughs> legit have a patreon so like it mm-hmm. just goes to show like how close they are to the community yeah for sure and it's just yeah. a super cool app mm-hmm. so if you're not using yeah. it you should be yeah definitely like i'm a patron on there too yeah. and at us yeah i was gonna say uh Jens- at jensen harper <laughs> yeah, dude, check it out. i've been trying to get courtney on dude she uh 
she wants to be on it, but every time we bring it up, she's like, fuck, I forgot. And I'm like, how could you forget, my yeah. dude? I, I can't. Well, Brooke, you and I both came pretty late to the game, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I think we've been using it for close to a year now and I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. 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 I know you guys are all in a pretty tight race. What, what's your goal? What's end goal? I mean, for number of films for the year. Oh God. Mark I'm said one a, one a day at least, but I don't know if I'm going to Mark said that we won't get to 300, but I think we I will. said, we will. I said like we have like, October and December movies to watch, which is like you know, just fucking vacation and holidays and Halloween movies and Christmas movies. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm sitting at 226, so I'm 74 away from 300. Brooke, I don't know. I'm at 229, I think. Okay, and Josh is. Yeah, Josh is at like 253 or something crazy, which is nice, man. Nice. Well, shit, you guys. Um, do you guys know Unsung Horrors? Shout out to them if you're gonna keep this in. Um, no they don't but i will definitely check them out yeah they're another pod that cover um films horror films that are under a thousand views on letterboxd specifically so check them out they do really cool shit and erica one of the co-hosts last year watched over 1000 films i mean that's what she like does i don't think she has a like a job like a nine to five kind of vibe like us but Mm -hmm. my dude a thousand over a thousand films her goal was a thousand and she surpassed it like that's three movies a day man (laughs) that's what i'm saying like what i can watch uh, three (laughs) short films a day yeah yeah get that number up like josh started watching like fucking stand-up comedy shows on netflix and shit just to pad up his list a little bit but i mean like shout out shout out to the short form horror that's on the box like watch go back and watch all the uh ari aster shorts and stuff Mm. just to bump it up watch them four times a day (laughs) 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 he's got one that's like seven minutes there you go there you go perfect (laughs) that's great all right uh we have one more section that we want to get through here uh normally we have our scare section here but uh given the fact that these are kids movies this month for the most part um we created a little segment called the not so scary scare section so our first question are there any scenes that really scared you or creeped you out as a kid in this movie jensen damn i was like hoping he'd say brooke no i mean (laughs) I don't know about you guys. I feel like we, you know, us in the deep horror community have like similar headspaces where we weren't super freaked out by shit. I mean, I was watching Scream like the year it came out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just this kind of shit. Nothing really freaked me out. So. We're built different. Yeah, we're built different, man. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> nothing really got me. And I don't think there's too many like jump scares that would get someone at our age you know like i'm not mm-hmm. saying now but even when we watched it when we were a little older mm-hmm. like i just maybe like a four-year-old and i don't know i mean mark did you watch this with your kids uh no that's actually one thing that i bring up uh my four-year-old he wouldn't sit through a movie like this so i didn't even bother trying but he'd be you, fine he'd be what fine does that mean? what does that mean he can't wait what do you mean if it's not like pokemon or like shit oh, like that okay okay He's it's not, not enough pardon He's not old enough. He's four, but okay. I mean, like Pokemon's his his shit. Work. Okay, okay. He just like he wouldn't sit through it. Like he'd just get bored okay. with it. Interesting. But yeah, he'd be fine to watch it. Like he wouldn't be scared or anything like that. No, I I, I questioned it because I thought you were dead ass saying like 
it's too slow for him or something. Oh, no, no, my no, dude, no. what? Marvel is changing the game, dude, because they are making these kids go wild. No, I thought that's what you meant by it, dude. I was like, okay, cool. So, yeah, not for me, dude. Sorry, Brooke. I mean, I don't know about you, man. Nothing really. Um, Nothing I could really remember, but probably Kerrigan, like whenever she becomes her ghost self, because like I, it was very similar to like Jafar and Aladdin whenever he goes into mm-hmm. his final form which mm-hmm. scared the hell out of me as a kid. Yeah. Um, so I guess if I had to pick one, if I remembered, probably Kerrigan and her ghost form, maybe. Mm. I said the Crypt Keeper. Like, he's creepy. It's it's a very quick scene, but like as, yeah. as a six-year-old watching that, like seeing that dude on the screen, <laughs> it, it's going to yeah. like, creep you out a little bit. It's kind of yeah. treated as a jump scare a little bit, mm-hmm. too, the slapping of the cheeks and stuff, which actually... Um, did the Crypt Keeper do that? Or is that in a, a, a uh, does it allude to Home Alone? Or mm. did the Crypt Keeper like do that? Because it's in the mirror. So. Yeah. And he's shaving. That's true. I think mm. he slaps his face to, yeah, reference mm. Home Alone, maybe. That's very true. Two things. Call me out, people. I don't care. Hit me up. <laughs> Manson Harper, hit me up. Imagine me on Letterboxd. I don't even think that's possible, but be like, yo, you're a fucking dingus, my dude. I <laughs> mean, like this movie can almost tell the future because that fucking Macaulay Culkin kind of looks like the Crypt Keeper now. <laughs> dude, I gotta go. <laughs> oh, that's great. He went there, man. He went. There. <laughs> All right, uh, okay, Jansen, you didn't have any scenes really, so I can't really ask you this next question. But what about you, Brooke? Do any of these scenes still disturb you now, or are there other scenes that would? Um. Now? I said like Kerrigan's voice is so different, which I kind of talked about at the beginning, but I will say we talked about it, but the fact that James dies and he's still like so happy Mm. is disturbing in itself. Like it's not scary. It's just like, wow, did not (laughs) expect that. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I'll second that. I'll piggyback off that and say I totally agree. That is, it is pretty disturbing, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it is shocking, like, it wasn't scary, but it was shocking when he straight up dies. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, my dude like died. Yeah. Like just and just just that scene, like whenever Cat is helping Casper, and then her dad just comes down. He's a ghost, and she like she's like all flustered, and it's like, oh shit, my dad is dead, and I have mm-hmm. no parents now. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, holy fuck. Yeah, it's tough for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm with you guys on that. Uh, it's not scary, but it's definitely definitely a scene that you wouldn't expect to see in a kid's movie. All right, last question. Would you let your child or a child watch it now at the same age that you first watched it? Um, well, if I'm going first, like I definitely am assuming I saw it around six or seven, maybe, because I was three when it came out, mm-hmm. but my family was pretty behind with uh like we couldn't afford like VHS and shit yet, mm-hmm. so we had to wait a little while. But it was like one of those first ones that we got, so I was probably about six, maybe seven. So obviously that yes, but I mean I got a nephew who's like four months now, and dude, when he hits that year mark, I'm gonna be showing him fucking <laughs> like dude, just crazy shit, man. You know, yeah, it's brain, gonna be watching, yeah, watching Brain Dead. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Brooks got my back. He knows Texas Chainsaw. Uh, yeah, yeah, seventy four. Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no for sure though i i'd say a better way to like phrase it for me would be like um 
I'd say like three or four would be fine. I mean, because mm-hmm. those really adult jokes and adult uh, notes like would go right over a three or four year old's head. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you're saying, Mark, about your son. Like mm-hmm. it would go right over his head probably, mm-hmm. but the comedy like still is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like the funny parts. And I, dude, I think you need to test this theory, man. You, you need yeah. to sit your son down, be like, check this movie out. Okay, dude. He might be for it. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I would say like, I would let my child watch it. Like probably I, I would probably wait a bit, like not just cause it's not like right for them. Just cause I don't think it is a bit more like older child. So I think like maybe like seven to like nine, he might like enjoy it more. Like, like Mark said with his mm-hmm. kid, just probably wouldn't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, yeah, my answer, I said absolutely without a doubt, I would let a child watch it at, like, because I said I watched it at six. That, that's just because I didn't have a choice. Like, I was six when the movie came out. Um, and like I said before, I put, if I thought my four year old would sit through it, I would have let him watch it with me for this episode, like, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, they, yeah, there's nothing in this movie that would hold him, hold me back from letting him watch it. I mean, like, there's fucking scarier scenes in Land Before Time than there are in this movie, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Uh, the brave little toaster. Like, come on. Bambi. Yeah. Dude, like, 90s cartoons were next level type shit. Oh, they were. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no fucks given back then. Well, just no. even like old Disney. Like, yeah. Bambi, Fox and the Hound. Like, bro, what? Yeah. You tell me right oh, now. Oh, man. Dude, I still what? cry at that shit, dude. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, hello. <laughs> Casper's a breeze. Yeah. literally all right man i think that's it that's it all right now movie two (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) all right Uh, jensen if you want to plug your podcast one more time um and we'll wrap this up uh more like the first time because i forgot oh yeah (laughs) no yeah i i'm like i said i'm one third of the fright crew my name is Jensen. Uh, shout out to Mark and Brooke, obviously, and all your fucking awesome listeners. I'm gassing them up, dude. Come our way, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do something super similar than that these guys do, and we just uh, every month is like a themed month, kind of like how you guys have been doing. Um, and yeah, check us out on pretty much anywhere, Apple Podcast. Uh, only social media we've got is Instagram because ain't nobody got time for Twitter and <laughs> Uh, TikTok. We're actually thinking about TikTok. <laughs> Dude, TikTok's fun, man. I'm having fun making those videos. Yeah, it's just, yeah. So we're we're thinking about it, but yeah, just Instagram for now. Uh, check us out on at the Fright Crew, and if you want to hear my lovely voice talk a lot more, which I do talk a lot. I feel like I talked a lot in this episode, but that's okay. I'd assume, and yeah, um, I'm Jensen Harper. Check me out on Letterbox and Instagram as well. I'm totally open to follows. Sweet man. Thank you. But uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, talking about this movie. Uh, thanks for picking time. such a great movie. It was, mm-hmm. it was one of the gory films I've seen in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're throwing shit everything. at people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is like fucking, what's that? 100 Days of Sallow or whatever it's called. Oh, God. 120. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Man. Oh, I had to watch that movie for a podcast that I guess spotted on. And gore like, I, whatever it was back in the day. Yeah. The gore. Gorehead. Yeah. He had a thing up on his Instagram story and he's like, throw out your most fucked up movie, but you have to come on. So I threw out that one and then he's like, dude, you got to come on and do it. I'm like, oh, fuck. I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but uh yeah um if you guys want to catch us on social media we are on instagram at a podcast on elm street if you click the link in our bio on there you'll find links to our instagram or uh, to our instagram um to our uh link tree link what 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 linkedin no <laughs> just kidding only fans <laughs> if you click the link in our bio on instagram you'll find links to our t public account where we have some merch uh you'll find links to our patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way uh there's also links to our discord channel our twitch account and anywhere that you can listen to us and we also have our letterbox accounts linked on there now as well uh yeah if you guys want to do any collaborations or anything like that feel free to shoot us a dm we're happy to come on yours we're happy to have guests on ours and uh yeah good it and thank you guys again for inviting this little dude on i mean you're my beautiful baby canadian boys <laughs> i just i'll see you guys you guys are killing the game always you've been such a staple i mean shit i i learned about you guys real quick when i you know when we started you guys have been going for a solid what how long now? Going on two years now. I mean, celebrate that shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. There be fucking yeah. billboards about this, okay? <laughs> like, bro. So, shout out to your listeners. They're obviously cool folk. And I mean, I, I definitely like change your brain dead uh, like ratings and we'll be sitting pretty, but you know. Yeah. yeah, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And it was a, it was an honor. So, for yeah, sure, thanks man. for coming sure. on, man. Had a blast. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you next week. See you later.